So I, I think that management, the title of management, management itself or manager itself is leader. I mean, you know, there, there's there's certainly a big difference between people who are leaders and just managers. And, you know, I, I've built a really solid team that has its own culture through being a leader. And I have folks that want to, you know, move out of state into a completely different area they've never lived in just to follow me. But leading is all about, you know, not necessarily not necessarily being the guy that's you know pulling the boat or pulling the sled with everybody else behind you but you're you're in the back and you're pushing you know you're pushing everybody else up in front of you instead of pulling them along and so you know i I, again i continue to learn about leadership i continue to learn about how to get better and you know not every single person can be managed different or i'm sorry the same right everybody has to be managed differently and and that was a really important skill to learn early on and so we treat them all fairly, but not equally, right? Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. <laughs> Some require more than others. Yeah, exactly. They totally do. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook, the podcast where we welcome business leaders, CEOs, and industry experts to discuss the rise to the top, building wealth, and real estate insights. Here's your host, Jeremy Spann. Welcome to Winning Strategies Playbook. For more information on this show, you can go to myexperiencedrealtor.com. That's experience with an ED. You can click on the podcast button, go and download this episode and other episodes from the different platforms, even listen to it directly from the website. And naturally, if you're looking to buy and sell real estate anywhere on the planet, then you can go to the homepage, click on find a trusted professional, and we will get you connected. Even if it's not here in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, we'll get you connected with a professional like the Span Group to make sure your interests are looked after. And you can click on that podcast button and the read more to learn about my fabulous guest, Elliot Bush. How are you doing, my friend? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming. Well, I start every one of these off with a joke, and as my audience has come to probably be able to say this word for word, to annoy my father-in-law since he said I should do a joke, and now he wants me to stop, and I'm not going to stop. So I thought this one was kind of fitting for the insurance uh, industry, being that you're in the insurance industry. Confucius says, needing insurance is like needing a parachute. If it isn't there the first time, chances are you won't need it again. <laughs> I didn't want to laugh, but that worked. Yeah, you got me. I, yeah. I mean, every once in a while, I get a sympathy laugh out of this whole yeah. thing. So, so well, thanks for coming. You actually work for a company I have a great admiration for yep. that I do quite a bit of business with that company and you, yep. and that there are three brothers that helped form the company that took it public a number of years ago, Goosehead Insurance. That's right. The Colby brothers, Michael, Mark, Matt. And so we got to meet each other at my foundation, Cowtown Warriors, a number of years ago. And then the relationship evolved into, you do quite a bit of insurance for me. I sure do. And I appreciate the business. Heck yeah, man. Well, I mean, one of the things that I know gives me a lot of comfort is having someone that I trust that I can just send the addresses to and go, can you get this quoted out for me? And then we get done. And it, and it's and it's one less moving part that I have to be concerned of. Right. And so I have really appreciated that. I invest in a lot of investment properties. I have clients that invest in investment properties. And Elliot here has been a, a, a great asset to us getting insurance for these properties to get the deals closed and be able to run them effectively, especially when we have crazy years like 
2021 with yep. some odd weather. Yeah. yeah What's that been for like you guys? You know, it's, it's difficult to say yet. You know, we'll see what rates do in the next couple of years. And, um, you know, to be expected, they'll continue to rise just like everything else. In terms of my business itself, you know, we... I focus on the sales side and the team I manage. And so the whole claim side of things is all separated through our service team, as you know. And they're getting pounded by calls, you know, consistently. Very, very busy. Hold times a little bit longer, but certainly still able to, you know, provide the service we expect. And so in total, the the storms and everything like that, it's while it's out of the norm because it feels that way, it's super rainy and, you know, not a whole lot of fun outside just yet in May and June in Texas. That's strange, but in total, you know, the, the insurance side of things, it hasn't affected us, at least our, our business too much. You know, what it does for consumers, it makes them think about it a little bit more. You know, it makes them think about if I have a good policy in place or, you know, what my deductible is and, you know, should I look at this and am I paying too much or everything in total, right, for, for their home insurance and their auto, especially if we have hail. So, you know, I would say it's helped business and, and certainly consumers being willing to, to look at it and and be willing to change and hear somebody else out. So it's been good, you know, I, and again, I expect rates to continue to go up just like they they have when all, all the other storms hit in the last few years. And even, you know, what a lot of people don't realize is regardless of where you're at or if you had filed a claim, you know, the, the market itself is going to get is going to rise on, on price. And so, you know, for example, Hurricane Harvey, when that hit and all the other hurricanes we've had down in Houston area, the carriers are paying out and that's affecting everybody who insures themselves with, with that carrier in DFW and anywhere else in Texas. And so, again, I, w- I would expect that to kind of maintain and, and keep doing its keep doing its thing, but nothing too crazy for the most part. So how long have you been with Goosehead now? Be five years in July. Five years in July. Yeah. That's right. Wow. Wow. And you're you're young strapping man. How how old are you now? Yeah, I'm twenty seven. Twenty seven. Yeah. So this was literally first job out of college. Right out of school. Yeah. 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 So so let's go back in time where you came from, where you went to school, all that, sure. leading up to how you got connected with Goosehead. Yeah. I mean, because one thing I, it's that's pretty cool about the company is they have really embraced the what I'll call younger generation, right? There's right. a lot of youth inside because with insurance, a lot of times you see some really, really old, old folks, right, yep, that have absolutely. been in it for centuries. And so that's one of the, thing, the unique things about y'all's company is there is a lot of young and energy, energetic folks that are just out there making the hustle, yeah. right? Just out grinding. there work, grinding it out. So take us about where, where do you come sure. from? Yeah, so I grew up in Salina, Texas, a little small town, pretty much my whole life. Parents moved there in, I think, 98. And so I grew up through Salina. Don't remember basically anything before it. I was born in 94, but went to all the schools there, graduated from Salina, went to Oklahoma State, studied entrepreneurship as my major, then minor in marketing and management. So when I had graduated and, you know, leading up towards kind of senior year, trying to figure out what I wanted to do, majored in entrepreneurship, had a couple little side gigs that I was working on, but nothing stable for the most part, right? And So I was looking around and I I knew always, not necessarily what I wanted to do, but that I would go into sales. I wanted to be the guy that was wearing a tire like this or a suit, you know, every day. You know, if you weren't here, I'd be talking to the wall behind you. I think you're pretty similar in that. So I always knew sales was my route. And I was looking basically just for the medium to let me take launch. And I knew that 
you know, whatever I was going to do, wherever I was going to, whatever company or whatever product I was going to sell or service I was going to sell, I was going to be really good. And I know that sounds egotistical and narcissistic and whatever else, but I think that's why I'm good at sales. And I think everybody has to have a little bit about a little bit of that about them to succeed. And so regardless, I interviewed with Fortune 500 companies. I interviewed with a couple startup companies down in Austin area. And then I found Goosehead the Tuesday after I graduated. I had my final round interview the Tuesday after I graduated from Oklahoma State and uh, had a couple phone interviews prior to that. Really liked it. You know, the opportunity sounded great. And again, nobody nobody expects that they're going to go be an insurance agent when they graduate college, but obviously Goosehead is different. We can we can certainly get into that. But, you know, the opportunity sounded amazing. Went down from my final round interview, interviewed with uh, a few people, Gary Delvin, Megan Bailey, Mike Colby, Mark Jones. You know, so at that time in 2016, I was... I was interviewing with the president of our company and our CEO, and that that alone blew me away. Right? Because this but, is before they've gone public. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Public was 2018. So yeah, 2016, summer 2016, interviewing with all of them, and you know, I felt that I tell people while I interview them nowadays all the time is, you know, during your final round interviews, it feels like, you know, people are blowing smoke or just trying to telling you what you want to hear, right? And I didn't think that at all with Goosehead. I completely trusted, and maybe it was because I was talking to the president and the CEO of the company, right? But I, I fully trusted everything they had told me. And, you know, it was a no-brainer when I got the offer to to join on. And funny story, actually, I, you know, it's worth sharing since Mike Colby is who introduced us and we're both pretty good friends with the guy. But I interviewed with him for, and I actually interviewed for our franchise sales team. They called it business development at the time. And, you know, that's kind of the route I wanted to go, being entrepreneurial and all that. And first two interviews go great. And then I interview with with Mike and kind of halfway through, you know, he just he just stops me. He's like, yeah, I don't think this is for you. I was like, okay, all right, (laughs) I'll I'll try to like backtrack and prove why it is. But what he said, he's followed up with that. And he said, I think you need to go the account executive route. And so he said, whenever you go interview with Mark Jones afterwards, he said, just let him know, hey, I understand I'm interviewing for franchise sales, but I'll do, you know, whichever role you guys think I'm best at. And then got the offer for account executive, signed it easy. So tell the audience the difference between franchise sales and account executive. Sure. Yeah. So franchise sales is all, um, again, business development. They're reaching out to people who either have been in the the insurance industry prior, maybe State Farm, Allstate, own a franchise there and basically selling them on the opportunity at Goosehead. Leave Leave what you're doing now, come join us, take flight, that's kind of how it started. Now, it's not necessarily just people in the insurance industry, right? Everybody mm-hmm. kind of, our, our name's out there. Certainly our, our IPO went great. Everything's been well since we've been public, so we're, we're blowing up a little bit. And so it's it's not just the people in the in- insurance industry that we've reached out to in the past. It's anybody, essentially, looking to kind of make a career change and, and do something different. So, and, and then the account executive side is, we are the, you know, the insurance agents. We're the consumers who we're, we're partnering with people like you, you know, loan officers, lenders, more anybody in the mortgage industry. So when they have a client buying a home, they send them to us. We do the home insurance, auto, anything property and casualty. And that's about it. You know. So as you were going through this process, did you understand even prior to that, the major differences between the two separate routes? Or yeah. was it kind of like, hey, I'm looking to come be a part of this and still figuring it out along the way? Yeah, I totally understood it. The good thing, and it's what still is a great thing, is that we're still on 
you know, bottom level of a skyscraper. And so in 2016, I the reason again I I wanted for, to to interview for franchise sales, and that's what I was interested in, was because of my you know entrepreneurship background, and that's what I you know like the idea of business development and everything like that, which thankfully account executive has afforded me similar opportunities to grow our business and, uh, and you know expand into different areas and stuff like that. But yeah, it, between the two roles, certainly understood the difference. But again, I, I wasn't going to argue with Mike or Mark Jones <laughs> on, on what they think I'd be best at. And, you know, I, I, you know, thank you, Mike, for, you know, telling me what I should do because it's, you know, no looking back since. So. So what was it like coming on to the company and then watching it go through the IPO exchange? Yeah, it was it was really, really cool. That's probably the best way I can put it, you know. And what's crazy, too, is that MJ, our, our CEO, Mark Jones, he, you know, he, he kind of had this plan all set. Hey, we're going to be in the dark for, I think it was three or five years that he, that he kind of mentioned this in 2015 or so, right? This is before I was there, but I've, I've heard the rumblings. And so, you know, mentioned, hey, we're going dark um, for three years. No, we're not going to release anything. Nobody's kind of going to know what we've done. We're going to explode in the meantime. And, and 2015, a little bit before that was really the time where we, we found our niche. We found our go-to-market strategy of partnering with lenders and real estate agents. And, and so I think at that point, everything kind of aligned itself of, okay, we can really blow this thing up. And so we went dark for our three years. It, it was a different time. You know, the, the office in total was a different time. It was, it was the wild west of Goosehead. And, uh, you know, then obviously IPO happened. Not, not much has changed by any means. Let me mention that, you know, it's still obviously fun, vibrant, vibrant, young, and, you know, hungry. But going through the IPO, I mean, just what a cool day. What an awesome day in April that we that we IPO'd, and I mean everybody was sitting around, you know, in our in our different offices. We were all sitting around the TV, all watching it together, all popping bottles of champagne, you know, whenever we're up ringing the bell. And so it was it was really really cool, and it's been a lot of fun since too. You know, just seeing kind of what what the investors care about the most, and what you know we're you know shooting to achieve, and uh, the goals seem a little bit more um, a little bit more communicated from top down a little bit more, I guess, important just overall, you know, hey, this is what this is why we're doing this, for example. And so, yeah, it was it was just really cool. So when you made the transition to an IPO, did you still have the same access to the executives like Mike and Mark and Matt? I mean, did any of that, did any of the culture of what y'all had as a company before change at all? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say absolutely not. You know, they're very transparent. They're you know, again, one of the reasons why I joined on was because of the way that they spoke to me, the, the you know, told me what I needed to hear and what it took to achieve my goals and everything like that. And, and you know, it's all came true. And I, I thank them for that. But, you know, I, I also built, I built a solid relationship with those guys. And so I have a lot of other, you know, kind of ex- account executives and people who are, you know, now in management that along with myself that, you know, Again, we got there at the right time. We got there when our now VP of corporate sales, Gary Delavan, was on the sales floor with us. You know, our, our VP of strategic initiatives, Brian Patilla, was my manager at the time. And so, you know, building that relationship, which again is kind of the end all be all to sales, is building the relationship. And that's that's carried on since you know it's it's been the same it's easy still to communicate with those folks it's easy to ask them questions that you're actually truly curious on you know and they'll give you a legitimate answer and so it's it's fantastic and that and that's one of the reasons why you know i i don't think and i've said this 
since I started and got off to a hot start and really started to to see what Goosehead could be that, you know, I, I see myself retiring here. You know, I, I don't think there's any other opportunity unless it was to start my own venture, you know, that I would leave for. And one of the reasons behind that is, you know, everything that they told me in that interview process, everything that, and, and in training, right? Give me the five hardest working years of your life and you'll never worry about money again, right? I quote that all the time for, for some of my new agents, but everything that was, you know, put out there to me and, and, and that I was told has come true. All of it's come to fruition. And again, that's because of, you know, the work that I've put in and, and my work ethic in total and, you know, my, my kind of mindset behind it all and my long-term vision within Goosehead and where I want to be in the next three, five years, every other year, you know, you think about that. And so um, that alone is a reason why I'll, I'll never leave. It's just been so good. And, it, and again, it's everything's come true. Right. Everything that they told me and where, where, like, you know, where do you find that? It, it just kind of blows my mind that, you know, that I trusted it so much and as I should. Right. And, and, and did the work, put in the work, put in the effort, put in the hours and all my time. And, you know, it's all come true. And so now and I've said this for years, too, but in the next three or five or, or 10 years, you know, the role that I'll be in may be undefined right now. And I love that. I, I love the unknown of Goosehead only because I trust upper management and I trust, you know, everybody above me to, to point me in the right direction like Mike did in 2016 to be an account executive, you know. So, yeah, that, that, that alone is just it's proven a lot to me about what a company can be, how much I mean, I love Goosehead, right? Like, There's no other way to put it. I love this company. It's been great to me. And yeah, I just I love the unknown. I love not knowing where I'm at. I'd rather be in a position like that than, hey, in five years, you get promoted to X and make X amount of money. You know, yeah. the days would drag on. Be and, it's, and it's really unique to hear from someone in your age bracket that, hey, this is where I'm going to work till I retire. Yeah, right. Absolutely. I mean, even people in my age bracket, right? Like, I mean, Look, I've had three different careers, yeah. well, four technically. And, you know, so folks just don't go make an entire career from college to retirement at a single entity sure. like you're choosing to do or at least plan to do. So there's got to be something really special about a company that even at 22, as you enter it, you go, this is this this is where I'm planting roots. Right. I don't plan on going anywhere. It would have to be something extremely significant to draw me away from here. Yep. And what, what do you what do you contribute to outside some of the things you just talked about that gives you that reassurance and gives you that confidence? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, you know, I think it's kind of just innate within myself of, of again, when somebody's been good to me, I want to return that. And maybe a portion of me feels like that. All right, hey, Goosehead's been so good to me, I need to give back and give him my time and continue to give my effort and whatever else. But, but you know, more so than that, I think it's just, you know, if, if I have a, a long-term mindset about something or a vision of where I want to be or what I want to do, I can see that that is, I, I, that I can reach that within this company, right? So regardless of kind of, you know, anything reasonable, right? But, you know, I, I think that I can reach that through this medium. Just like I said at the kind of the beginning, like I was just looking for a place where I could, I could blow up and I could, I could, you know, sell any product or service. I knew I could do it. So what's, what's the best place to do it? And so again, I think it's innate. I think it's my mindset behind it of just the fact that, hey, it's been great so far. There's nothing telling me that it's not. And again, wherever I want to be in the next three to five years, I can make that happen. You know, generally, 
at Goose said, if you present a really good business case for an opportunity that you want to take hold of or something that you want to do, and it makes a lot of sense, you're going to get the green light. And I think, you know, a portion of that is because we're, at the end of the day, we're a young company still, you know, and so they're still learning and they're, they're trusting us to kind of, you know, the guys who are on that ground level, who are, who are, you know, boots on the ground trying to get all these new agents up and going, they're, they're trusting our, our thought process and our ideas and everything like that, which, um, again, in turn, just makes it really nice to, to be able to have to, or be able to communicate that. It's kind of hard to say, but I think really just my mindset and I think it's innate and, you know, trusting something is kind of how, I's, how I've always been, you know, it's, uh, you know, how you grow up, I guess. But So if I hear this right is even though it is a corporate environment, it still offers you a lot of autonomy. A hundred percent. Yeah. And it has from the beginning, you know, and, and, and that's based off meritocracy and it, it's, it's based off discipline equals freedom. And you know, all of that, that's like, <laughs> it's just funny to think about, you know, back in, in 2016, like, you know, you would hear the name Jocko Willink <laughs> through, throughout the day, time and time again, extreme ownership. And, you know, MJ used to say all the time of like, you know, if they did a case study on our culture, they wouldn't know what to say. It's just kind of started its own. And, and it's based off servant leadership and extreme ownership and, and discipline equals freedom and all of these things combined, you know, that, that's truly how we operate. And uh, so, yeah, you know, that's, that's So it. what was it like being 22, fresh out of college, and seeing the brothers, you know, who are literally almost, if at, less than a decade older than you? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's got to set some sort of tone in your head, I would imagine, of going, man, these guys are not much older than me. They haven't been out here in the world much longer than me, mm-hmm. and they are taking this thing by the horns and taking it to a public status. Mm-hmm. What yeah. does that What does that do for someone like you entering, you know, the workforce out of college? Yeah, I mean, what a great few guys to look up to, you know. And I think it's important that everybody can have a role model or somebody that they you know, want to be like or, or, you know, achieve the similar goals that somebody else ahead of them has done. But, you know, that's it is what a great group of role models and, you know, what they've been able to achieve. And, you know, coupled with the fact that they're just cool dudes, like, you know, pretty, pretty awesome role models. And, uh, you know, that's something that, that you aspire to be, especially if you've got this entrepreneurial mindset and, you know, a vision of this is what I want to do long term. That's, again, I wanted to be the guy wearing a suit or business casual type of attire every day. Why not be that guy, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, just an amazing three guys to look up to and everybody else that's top leadership, you know, at Goose said, I couldn't say a bad thing about anybody. I mean that truthfully, you know, they're, they're, their culture above, you know, kind of that ground level is, is the same, you know, they're all really great friends. They all truly care about each other. And that's where this all started. You know, that's why, that's why we operate the same way as account executives and sales managers and, and office heads and everything else is because that's what we see. And so, you know, they've developed that culture and it's just trickled down. So again, yeah, just, just great people to look up to just, I mean, you know, fun people to, to enjoy time with, spend time with great people to talk to, you know, just smart, everything, you know, it's, it's, it's easy to say that's who I want to be, you know, so that's a great thing to have right in front of you. So being that they are who they are, right? Just aside from being great 
smart folks. And also combining that, you know, they were barely 10 years older than you when you entered the workforce. And here it is, they had, you know, taken this company, grown this company and taken it to public status. Does that at all sit in the back of your mind of maybe having a shot at the big chair one day and being up there in the (laughs) C-suite level? Of course. I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a, you know, story that one time, Maddie and I, you know Maddie, my girlfriend, who's yeah. Mike's executive assistant. But we're on a, a little mini vacation with them one time. We were hiking and just talking and, you know, having a good time. And, and Mike mentioned something that, you know, what he looks forward to is the day when people like me are, you know, in his chair and the president of the company. And, you know, since then, I that's in the back of my mind, you know, and certainly it was from the start, right? If again, you know, I, I had this innate want to be the best, want to be a top performer and everything else. And so I've kind of always had that, you know, idea of getting to the highest level. And I think that anybody in my position or anybody kind of in our corporate leadership ladder, especially coupled with having a good relationship with those guys, would feel the exact same way. You know. So what are some of the steps that you've already kind of formulated in your head that you're going to have to do over the next couple of years in order to be a contender for the ring? Yeah, um, that's a good question. I mean, you know, what I've done so far is kind of speaks for itself in terms of performance and managing a team and building my own culture and everything like that. Within, you know, the next year, ideally, we, we open up another office in a different state that I'll be heading up and, you know, blow that place up for the next couple of years after that, return to DFW. And ideally, my role would shift to, again, something that's kind of undefined right now, but mostly focused on business development and expansion and opening up new states and getting out of that kind of production role in total. So that's kind of the game plan for the next three to five years for myself. Things happen, you know, dates change, ideas get pushed around and, you know, all of that's hard to say if it'll happen exactly as it goes to plan. But, you know, from kind of the get, from the beginning to now, um, I think I've built a pretty good name for myself within Goosehead. I think that there's a lot of people who trust me and, and like me and, you know, I think at the end of the day, that's kind of what it takes is somebody you like and trust. You want to work with that person. And, um, y- you know, moving forward, it's just keep doing what we're doing. Let, let's blow it up even more. Let's let's try something new. Let's, you know, get out to a completely different area that hasn't been done and, and prove that, you know, we can do our, we can do this job anywhere and we can be the best at what we do anywhere. And again, that's what it's going to take if we're Goosehead's going to be number one. So, so. is higher education somewhere in that uh, journey for you as well? <laughs> you know, not necessarily. I thought about that before I graduated, considering MBA and, and moving into a situation like that. But, you know, I thought to myself that, again, if I find the right place and I take it and run with it, then there's really nothing stopping me. So that's not necessarily. I haven't really considered it since. It's been been a pretty good ride without it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so... You know, certainly something to think about, but, you know, I, I, again, I look at the journey of some of these folks that are, you know, ahead of me in Goosehead and these, these top dogs, and I don't necessarily think I need it. And it's probably the best way to put it. Okay. You know? and, and so naturally, when you're elevating through things, you're transitioning more from a managerial perspective to a leadership perspective. Yeah, so absolutely. what are what are some things that are on your horizon that you want to either go engage, do, learn, practice or whatever in order to hone in that ability to become that leader? 
Does yeah. that question make sense? Yeah, it, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So I, I think that management, the title of management, management itself or manager itself is leader. I mean, you know, there, there's there's certainly a big difference between people who are leaders and just managers. And, you know, I, I've built a really solid team that has its own culture through being a leader. And I have folks that want to, you know, move out of state into a completely different area they've never lived in just to follow me. But leading is all about, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily being the guy that's, you know, pulling the boat or pulling the sled with everybody else behind you, but you're, you're in the back and you're pushing, you know, you're pushing everybody else up in front of you instead of pulling them along. And so, you know, I, I, again, I continue to learn about leadership. I continue to learn about how to get better. And, you know, not every single person can be managed different, or I'm sorry, the same, right? Everybody has to be managed differently. And, and that was a really important skill to learn early on. And so, we treat them all fairly, but not equally, right? Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. <laughs> some require more than others. Yeah, exactly. They totally do. And others, you know, some are, are way more receptive to criticism or constructive criticism than, than others, you know? And so you got to definitely be able to kind of change your tone and, and just how you speak to somebody. And, and you know, words, words can mean a lot, especially to somebody right out of school who's yeah. in their first year of their career that's going to be long-term, you know? And so... You know, moving forward, kind of on the horizon. I mean, I, I'd certainly like, re- I really like getting involved on kind of the lower level of, of folks who are just joining Goosehead. Because again, the, this, the story that I've told and what I've shared about why I'm still here, about why I joined, is powerful. You know, and and, and what this company's done for me, that's powerful. And I think that if a lot more people knew that who have interviewed with Goosehead or who you know have considered the opportunity, or maybe who haven't even considered the opportunity at all. You know, if they knew that, they'd join on immediately, you know. And so I, I really like getting involved on kind of our recruiting side. And I've done a lot of that, you know, since really since 2018, consistent interviewing, career fairs, stuff like that. But, you know, we have a leadership development program that's always been really, really sound. And, and I'd love to be a part of that and whatever else. But that's the thing at Goosehead is, you you know, the opportunities are just afforded to, afforded to those who deserve them. And so that's that's one thing that for me right now, it's while I have kind of this waiting game of if we're going to go elsewhere, it's let's just be the best at what we what we know. Let's be the best at what we're doing right now. And the opportunity will come. And, and that's how it's always been. And so, you know, that'll shift. Right. That'll always change. It'll be something else that we need to be the best at to, you know, get the next opportunity. But right now, that's the main focus. So you mentioned that, you know, this team you've established and the culture you've established with it. Talk to me about that. What is the culture? What, you know, what, what components have you utilized to create that culture? Yeah, that's a good question, too. I mean, you know, the culture itself is it has developed from our kind of Fort Worth office in total, which I brought from, you know, the corporate office, the headquarters when I started in 2016, which is the Wild West. But I've always said, you know, that you find your best friends here. You you really do. And you you work right beside your best friends. You you want, you know, to be on the top of the leaderboard, but you want your buddy to be right there with you. It's extremely difficult to, you know, put somebody down to get higher up at Goosehead. It's I mean, it's 
damn near impossible, you know, to make that happen. And so, you know, in total, that culture has been a mix of a few different things. It's been hanging out with the Colby boys. It's been how I started back in 2016. It's been the shift when we moved over to Fort Worth in 2017 and kind of just revamped the office. All of that combined is kind of, you know, created what it is now. And, you know, I think at the end of the day, one of the things that I loved more than anything was the fact that, hey, I'm working right beside some of some of the guys that will be in my wedding, you know, and I think I, everybody else can achieve the same. And at the same time, we're making a good amount of money and we're fresh out of college and we're achieving and we're smashing goals. And, you know, it's when you're crushing it, it's a whole lot of fun. And so I think that's kind of what everybody's reaching for. Right. They want to be on that consistent. We're crushing it level autonomous you know, being the next guy up for whatever else. And, and that's just been developed through, you know, a few different mixes of cultures here and there on different offices I've seen, different leadership that I've seen, and everybody seemed to adopt it, you know, and I guess they like me. That helps. Funny, <laughs> funny, funny how timing is everything too. It is. Right. Yeah, it totally is. And uh, I mean, that's probably, you know, I've, I've, I've lived you know, probably a pre-charmed life. I think in a big scheme of things, one of my closest friends I grew up with and enlisted in the Marines with, Ricky Salas, calls me Forrest Gump. Said, "If anybody, you know, anybody that ever hears my story and all the different things I've done and accomplished, I sound like a fictional character. That if I didn't have people to verify yeah. <laughs> what I've actually done, that it, it would just, I, it, I would just seem like I was totally full of shit, yeah. right? And then, uh, which my wife will tell you that I am. But, but you know, people just go, man, and they go, well, how did you do all this? And I said, man, I just happened to be at the right place at the right time." Yep. My entire life, and I don't know why that's worked out. I, I don't know what 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 has caused that, but but it, but it's been very beneficial to be at the right place at the right time. But also, you can be at the right place at the right time and not recognize the opportunities uh, 100%, where yeah. it wasn't the right place and right time because you didn't seize or recognize those opportunities, right? Yeah. And and certainly that's uh, that's one for you. And it, the reason I, I I bring this back at full circle is when you and I had met at one of the Cowtown Warriors balls. So for the audiences, I got to know the Colby brothers through my attorney, Donald Kaskowski, because they all went to A&M together, which I'm sure they give you all kinds of hell of being an Oklahoma State guy, right? <laughs> yeah, no. You know, because those Aggies, I mean, they're like, I don't know. It, it's some kind of incestual yeah, religion yeah. that they have, right? It's odd. And but it's But I met you know, the Colby brothers through Donald. And then when I had my first annual event, you know, seven, eight years ago, that's where I met him. And then they came in and they've been incredibly, not only legacy donors of Caltown Warriors, but they have really embraced and truly care about veterans. So in my world, being a veteran, you know, there's 350 million people in this country and less than 6% of us have ever raised our hand and said, we're here to take the oath. And so we're very small. We're probably one of the biggest minorities there are out there as cool. far as people that have done this. And then you get out and you quickly realize that there are three tiers of people. There is the tier that doesn't really care for the military, doesn't want the military, could care less what you did to go serve. The only thing that annoys me are the people that are hypocritical that say, oh, no, thank you for everything, but they turn around and talk bad about it. It's right, like, hey, right. own what you are, right? Yeah, like, totally. like, guess what? I defended your ability to not like me. Yeah. Just yeah, own it. Bad right? people in total. Yeah, don't be a chicken shit about it. Yeah. Just tell me, hey, I don't think the military should exist. I'll have more respect for that than you to lie to my face. Then you have the folks that just tie yellow ribbons around trees and say, hey, I really appreciate your service, but that as far as my commitment goes. And then you have folks 
like yourself and the Colby brothers who have been committed to veterans. Absolutely. And that warms my heart because when you get out, you quickly realize that that, that population of not just tying yellow ribbons around trees, but actually committed to helping veterans, that is actually not a large population in my experience at least. So when I see that, it warms my heart yeah. to a point that only another veteran can have that perspective, sure. right? And and so watching them be committed to veterans and watching the relationship that I've been able to develop with them over the years that when a couple of years ago they brought you to one the, the first event mm-hmm. that you'd come to that we met, <laughs> you found out I was real estate and you're like, hey, <laughs> let me take you to lunch. Yeah. Right. Like you didn't even hesitate, man. It was and it was that hunger, that 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 excitement that you because let's face it, is in the world that I've grown up in, many a times someone who's younger won't even get a shot at something because of age bracket. Sure. Right. Yeah, 100%. And I'm sure you've dealt with yep, that a absolutely. number of times, right? <clears throat> me and a ton of others. Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. like, hey, wait a minute. Let me just show you my value. Mm-hmm. But I recognize that because I remember when I got out of the Marine Corps and I was in my mid-20s after a nice little six-year enlistment attitude adjustment program there. <laughs> and all I wanted was somebody to give me the shot. Like, right. hey, if you give me the shot, I would rather you give me the shot and I fail you but I didn't fail you because I didn't know what I was doing. It was because I was in there to in there to win it, and I just maybe didn't have the experience or the knowledge or anything else. Mm-hmm. So I recognized that in you right away, right? And it <laughs> wasn't just it. said in a manner of like, "Hey, I want to earn your business." There was just a there there was just a, a, a an environment, a, a, an attitude about it. There was just this confidence level about it, and it did help that. I knew that you you were trained by guys yeah. that I had an incredible <laughs> amount of respect in. That I was like. Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. And it started off sending you a few clients to where even becoming a client myself, yep. which, man, for the audience, y- y- the audience has to understand is how conflicting this is for me because I have an incredible friend who's a fellow Marine, a fellow MBA from TCU that we did our MBAs together that I do some of my business with. Mm-hmm. And it becomes hard because I want to give all my business to him, but man, I have I have to diversify, yeah, right? And sure. it is. It tears it out of me. Every time I email you and I am, <laughs> just know that it just tips away a little piece of my soul to do that. Oh, I appreciate it. But, but I do it because when I, I, y'all are in a larger organization, so I, I have the confidence that things can, can happen because I'm not just talking about a single little rental house, right? I mean, we're talking mm-hmm. about a... a, a large portfolios sure. like the one you and I are working together on yep. right now, which I try to explain to people, hey, this could or could not close over the next 90 days. But if it does, I've got the players in place that I don't have to worry about that portion of it. Yeah. It's going to be done with execution. Like even with Mark, like recently, Shelton, yeah. Uh, yeah, that we just, you know, we're in contract on a, on a couple of investment properties. And he, he was like, this is exactly what he said. He calls me and he goes, man, this kid's not fucking around. <laughs> and I mean, just the response level, because I think that's what's missed in today's business world. Yeah. It's like when people come to me and they're like, hey, what do I need to do? Like my sister-in-law just recently got in uh, real estate and she goes, what do I need to do to be successful? I'm like, answer your phone. And she's like, yeah, but I mean, you, you're in the top 1% of producers. What, what, you know, what? And I said, listen, I could break down all the sciences and complexities to you, but if you really want to be successful, answer your phone or return the calls. 
right? Yep. Because that responsiveness, and, and, and I think people would really be dumbfounded, and they probably not actually, by the lack of responsiveness yeah. from people, it's right? Unbelievable. Yep. And, and, and I think you know me, I'm a hammer, I'm a go fast. Yeah. I don't, matter of fact, the only reason I have a rearview mirror in my vehicle is because the law mandates it, yeah. because I don't check it, because I'm yeah. always moving forward. I'm never looking behind me, right? Totally. I want to build trusted relationships with people who are like, you got it. I'm moving forward because I am here to accomplish things. And so I recognize that in you where I, I you know, in, in, in you delivered, right? So I was like, yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna throw one over to him. And then I, I actually, I think the very first one I threw over to you was my buddy. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say Rudy, but I think you're right. Yeah. Was, was, was Freddie, he was, you know, he was my, he was my first supervisor at the PD and he was my last supervisor at the PD, you know, from 17 years, which was really cool because I had a lot of love and respect for, mm-hmm. for Freddie. So Freddie reaches out to me, you know, I'm in the real estate world and he just goes, hey, um, man, I just, I, I need to get my insurance looked at. And I said, hey, I, I actually, you're going to be my good guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, I got a young guy who's, man, he is he is full of, of energy and hunger and just cannot be satisfied that I want you to take a run at him and, and, and let me know how it goes. And he literally called me and was like, you need to give all your business this guy. <laughs> you know, your responsiveness, <clears throat> your ability to articulate yourself. Yeah. And here's what he said. is like, so I know this may come as a shock, but cops don't trust most people. Right. Fair. When you when you live in an environment where people don't call nine one one to say, Hey, would you like a cup of coffee instead? It's because you're there to solve problems and they may or may not want to try to hurt you or kill you. Your 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 ability to trust people is very, very small. Yeah. And that was one of the things he said about you right away is he was like, Man, I just felt the conviction in Elliot's voice and how he was presenting himself that this is somebody I can trust with my needs. And not to mention you saved him. I think it was like yeah. it was a large yeah, was a ton of chunk. Like yeah. I I, I I want to say it was like thousands of dollars a year oh, in premiums, yeah. right? And and so so that was really good. And then it was Rudy, you know, with mm-hmm. our properties with TCU and then e- e- evolving to more and more and more. Yep. Where literally you're the easy button for me now, right? Yeah. It's like hey, like this big deal we're we're working and now we're getting close to really being actually papered up. And I was like, hey, here you go. And it was funny because the size of a deal like this, and I mean we're talking. I mean, this is this is you know this is an eight-figure deal. It yeah. quickly grow into a nine-figure deal. And when I was at the meeting, because what I've you know what I've learned in my experience is when when people are gonna bring this much money to the table, they're just not like, hey, here it is. Let me know how it goes, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. Like, I mean, like I mean, man, they get intimate with you really quick, and they're sure. asking every question and checking every box. And in the meeting we were in yesterday, right, with the bankers and the analysts and the lawyers and everybody else. The main person who I'm I'm I am I am doing this with, who I have all the ult- ultimate trust with, was like, yeah, and we need to get the insurance looked at, and I was like, done. Yeah, it's totally. already, it's, it's already in the works, right? And 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 he was just like, yeah, and he was like, this is it going to be good to go? And I was like, hey, listen, we can always go and you know compare this to others. You know, I mean, it's your sure. money at the end of the day, you ultimately choose. But as far as I'm concerned, is it removes a level of complexity for us because we know what it is and we know what it isn't. Yeah. And that's the way Elliot is going to present it to us. And just like with Mark's deal, right? The first one came through and I was like, okay, what else could we do? You right. sent options and we're like, we can do A or we can do B. And we were like, we like B, let's get that in play. And then we're moving along. And that, that section's done. Yeah. So so someone for your, 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 your age bracket to be able to execute on that level is not only refreshing 
for me to see as someone that's been on this planet for almost half a century. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 it's also really cool to watch because I wish somebody would have entrusted me you know, at 27, totally. like I entrust in you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, first off, I certainly appreciate the business and, and the shout out and all the kind words. But yeah, I think that's that's one thing that a lot of people in your industry don't realize that are maybe tied to other insurance agents that they've worked with for so long or, you know, a mortgage loan officer not willing to give a 23 year old kid a shot because he's, you know, got his fraternity brother that he's been with for years that just writes for farmers. And although their premiums are $6,000 a year, he's still getting the business right or, you know, whatever um, it may be. But that's all we ask for We when we're out there prospecting, you know, is just give us a shot. Let us prove to you what we can really do. Because the people that are at Goosehead, and I think I can speak for the majority of them when I say that they operate the same way that I do. And, you know, again, that comes with growing up in Goosehead. That comes with the just like, you know, I didn't have any long-term career or anything kind of set before me prior to joining Goosehead. I, I grew up in Goosehead, which, you know, was a great way to start my career and, and great way to kind of learn the basics of business or whatever else. And now, you know, even even beyond. But, you know, the majority of people work that way. And so it's just it can certainly be frustrating for us to reach out to people that are in the, the mortgage loan officer industry or, or, you know, the home buying industry in total. And then, you know, they're, they're not willing to give us a shot because they're tied to what they have. And it's just, man, if you just if you just gave us one opportunity to earn your business. We proved you how fast we are, how competitive we are, and how nice it is for you to say, wipe your hands clean, the insurance is gonna be done. Just like you said, you know, it's like, I just wanna be an extension of their process. I just wanna send the insurance to me, just know that if you send it to me, it's gonna be taken care of. And, and that's about it. And so, you know, shout out to the ones that I work with now that, you know, were, have been willing to give me a shot when I was young that I, I still work with five years later. Yeah, and, and and so what's what's really funny is, is, is you know I've got a second home up in the mountains in Pagosa Springs, beautiful views. There's mm-hmm. a Pagosa Peak. Is this was this last summer? Laura and I were walking around a portion of the town, and I am walking through, and I and I and I see this little <laughs> sign of a goosehead insurance and little two thousand population Pagosa Springs. I take it, I send it to what I call the Colby trifecta. I've got a group thread with yeah. the brothers that you know we all harass each other on, and and I was just like, man, this is great that even in places like Pagosa Springs, totally, I'm, yeah. I, I'm seeing this there, and that just, and I think that's a. You know, it's one thing if you can go to a major city like Fort Worth or Dallas or New York or whatever, and you see, you know, a sign, right, of that. But knowing these guys, you know, for so many years and watching them develop a company that you're even in places like Pagosa Springs, (laughs) just you get there because you've built a trusted brand that is, you know, extending itself to even the smallest communities out there, right? And there was just something very, you know, very cool. Like the word you use, cool about it. But it was just, man, I don't even know the right words to use for it. But when I saw that, and of course, it took a little selfie and I, I sent it to the trifecta there. And I was just like, man, I see this. And it just... It's just a demonstration of success, yeah. right? And that growth and, and and how to get there. And and that is, it really just speaks volumes, you know, to that. And, you know, and, and it's having that, that, that trust, yeah. right? And for me, 
you know, personally, is it, it satisfies so many buckets of, I trust that it's done. I trust that you're getting things done. I trust the brothers. I trust the company. I trust Mark. I trust all the elements that are involved. But on top of that is I want the money to go there because you guys don't just say, I'm tying a yellow ribbon around the tree. You guys have put your money where your mouth is to support veterans that I'm like, that's who I want to get my business. Not only because of all the trust and business acumen and everything else, but that these guys actually really truly put their money where their mouth is to support yeah. veterans. And, and that care. means a lot. You care, yeah. right? Actually care. True. And, you know, because I get a lot of times when people are just like, man, I wish I would have served or regret not serving. And I'm like, man, look, out of a hundred people in a room, six have ever done it, but here's the reality of it is out of a hundred people in a room, only one is actually, actually it's larger, actually it's larger than that. Hold on, I'm going to do some math for Marines on a calculator real quick because I, 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 uh, all right, so 350 million, all right, so 350 million people, right, times 0.06, right, but, but, so, so, so actually, it's 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 more than that. It's like I don't know math or marine, but it, you would have to have like a like a thousand people in a room where maybe one was active duty. Maybe it's ten thousand, whatever the number is. So that that number is so small that I tell people I'm like, look, even if you wanted to, you might not have the opportunity to because there's not yeah. that many people that the military can have on their books, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't be intimately supportive sure. of yeah. of the folks that do provide us these freedoms, which. You know, is you know, it kind of hurts my heart over the last you know couple of years to watch things going on in this country where people are kind of, you know, bagging on the military, yeah. and I don't think they, I think they, they've had it so good for so long that they take it for granted. Of hey, by the way, the reason you get to do what you do on a daily basis is because of folks like myself and right. other active duty folks and reservists right now, and 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 by the way is, look, you, you, you call it what it is, right? The reason we're king of the mountain, the reason we're at the top of the food chain, because our stick is better, bigger than everybody else's, right? right? Yeah. And, and, I, and I'm like, listen, you know, stop trying to make kumbaya out of the military. We are what we are. We are an instrument. We are an instrument of war, totally. right? Mm-hmm. If you call me on active duty, my job is one thing and one thing only, and that is to disseminate the enemy. Mm-hmm with extreme prejudice with wipe them out yeah. because that is my job. And I don't make any bones about what my job was. And I don't have any regrets or apologies for what my job, did my job involve me to do a lot of very unpleasant things? Absolutely. But I was willing to go do violence on behalf of 350 million people so that way they could wake up safely at home. Yeah. doesn't mean they have to agree with how I carried it out or what I went to go do, but they get to do that because I was willing to do that violence on their behalf. Yeah. And I think people forget that. They sort of like, oh, oh yeah, you know, yeah. hey, thanks a lot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, do you, do you really rely? I mean, what do you think they do yeah. in boot camp? Like, like, hey, you know, let's teach you how to sew. <laughs> They're like, okay, here's discipline. This is a weapon system. This is how you use it effectively. And if you don't use it effectively, then the guy you're shooting at is going to kill you. And then you don't want to get dead, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so to see folks that really understand the concept of what that is really does warm our heart because it's hard to come back from an environment where we knew that we were there. We were there to be violent. Right. I mean, that's that's what it is. We are there to be violent. Of course, when hearts and minds and all that. But guess what? When when lead starts flying, we're there to be violent. Yep. 
right? Flat and we're out. there to be more violent than the other side because if they're more violent than us, that means they win and that means we're speaking other languages in this country. And so to come back from something like that comes comes with baggage, sure. right? Absolutely. And, and, and then when it comes with baggage, to have people that intimately care about you and your success makes all the difference in the world. Yeah, I mean, it's it's frustrating for somebody to see people not care, you know? And, and just like you said, I think people forget and they don't realize, you know, kind of what you guys have been through. And certainly I can't put myself in your shoes, but, you know, it, it's extremely frustrating for people to, to not care and to just you know, think that you guys, I don't know, I don't know, just not care flat out, you know, is really the main thing or to, to go beyond that and dislike the military or, or, you know, be hateful towards them or whatever else, you know, you guys are the reason why we're afforded our freedoms. And, you know, I, I think a lot of that, you know, you can talk about the U.S. culture nowadays or world culture in total all you want and how strange the media is and everything else. But, you know, I bring a lot back to how somebody was raised. And I think that's why I'm the person I am today. My parents called me a week or two ago, and it, my parents are great people. I mean, just fantastic folks, total hippies, but fantastic people. <laughs> and but they got a house in Colorado. I'm familiar with yeah, hippies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they they, they met uh, when they both worked at a record store, and my dad was in a band. So they're they're total hippies, but fantastic people, caring and and just just great people. There's no other way to put it. And so they called me. Um, like I said, a week or two ago, and they had been watching some just ridiculous reality TV about, you know, some some kids who were, you know, just shitheads, and they were, you know, <laughs> this, I forget exactly kind of their words, but basically that, and, you know, they didn't want to grow up or provide for themselves. They'd been, you know, cast into this money or whatever else, but they were like, we just want to thank you and so, tell you how proud of you, you know, we are, the you turned out to, you know, be self-sufficient and find a great career and be able to, you know, do all of this and just be a good person. And, you know, I turned it right back around and I said, it's because of you guys, you know, it's because of how I was raised. And I hold a lot of weight on that. And, and certainly people, you know, not everybody has the exact same opportunity to kind of get out of, of, of the gutter of, you know, where they were raised or maybe they were dealt a bad hand or whatever else. But, you know, it, it, it comes down a lot to how you grew up and how you were raised. And those are the type of folks that you can kind of identify fairly quickly within meeting for the first couple times. This is a good person, you know, just flat out a good person. They're kind, they're caring, they, you know, they work hard, they, they shoot for their goals, whatever else. And I just, I, I put so much towards that. And, you know, the, the Colby boys, though, they were raised in a great household too. And they were raised to be, you know, just self-sufficient. They were raised to just understand what they could be and, you know, that they can shoot for their shoot for the stars or whatever else and and know that, you know, they can just run with it. And and of course everything else being kind, caring and just cool dudes. But, you know, like that's I just put so much towards how somebody was raised. And I just I tie that back to, you know, folks are raised nowadays to not maybe not care about the military or not care about our veterans or whatever else. And it just frustrates the hell out of me. You know, it doesn't make sense. And I've I've my grandpa was a veteran and, you know, he served and, and I have a great relationship with him. And that's certainly probably one of the reasons why I care so much and want to do more. You know, and I'm one of those guys that like, man, I wish I would have served. You know, it's something I thought about a long time whenever I was in high school and about to graduate. I mean, I thought about it a lot and ended up not doing it. And um, so, you know, now I I have the opportunity to provide and, and help and, you know, do everything that I can to show my respect and, you know, how much I appreciate everything you guys have done and went through. 
and especially for the folks who aren't here. Yeah, and, that, you know? and, and, and you said something that really rings on it, you know, how you were raised and, you know, the Colby trifecta, you know, humble beginnings. Yeah, exactly. You know, these guys are yeah. extremely successful, you know, but, I mean, they grew up in an 1,800-square-foot house with another fourth sibling, yeah. right? Dad was a police officer, you know, to, to I mean, they, I mean, they're, they're really like three, I always joke, say, man, you guys are like three best friends instead of three brothers. I mean, yeah. they're just, you know, the relationship that they have. Mm-hmm. And, and it's really funny, speaking of your girlfriend, Maddie, is, you know, you know not, not only, you know, do I text with these guys and we talk, you know, here and there and, you know, and, and even do business together. You know, whether it's real estate or, or whichever else or the 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 charity is they <laughs> I call Maddie, I think this was oh, this was it's been in the last two or three years, and I said, Hey, I need to get on Mike's schedule. And can you get I need fifteen minutes of his time. And she was like, I figured that you had his cell phone number <laughs> because you guys are such good friends. And I said, Well, I do. But, you know, when it's just playing grab ass, you know, a few minutes here, a few minutes there, talk about this, talk about that, talk about whatever. If we connect, we connect. If we don't, we don't. But when it's something of a serious nature and I know how busy Mike is, I want to respect his time. Mm -hmm. And she was like, wow. She goes, man, do you know how many people don't respect his time? And I was like, no, if you want to establish a true trusting relationship with someone, Respect their time because one of the things that I know I have learned and I know definitely they have learned is if you don't control your time, someone or something will, will yeah. for you. And and so and I know that Mike has always appreciated that. And, and you know, that if he sees me on his calendar that day that it's not spam calling to play grab ass, it's like, hey, he's got something that he needs to talk about. Right. Right. And it just builds that mutual respect that we have with each other. And 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 that that that's and that's one of the things is like I, I was having this conversation, I, I don't know, it's probably three, six, nine months ago, and I was talking about this, and somebody goes, Why would you need to schedule an appointment with someone that you're very close with? And I said, Why would I not? Right? Like I am trying to demonstrate that I I have that much respect for them. Yeah. Now, does that mean if I call Michael Colby right now? And he's not in a uh, meeting that he that he wouldn't answer. No, as a matter of fact, <laughs> you want to give him a ring. Let's do it. Let's let's <laughs> let's, let's let's just see. Let's just see. Yeah, what time is it? It's eleven thirty. They may be in the yeah tunnel. It, yeah, let's let's see. Let's see if 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 he answers. And then and then here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna leave him a voicemail. I'm violating. I'm violating everything. <laughs> violating everything that I just yeah, said. Right? Exactly. I'm violating everything I just said, just to see if he does it. Right, and the audience right now is probably like, "What the hell are they doing?" And of course, right about now, he's going, "Okay, it's eleven thirty on a Thursday." Span's either calling me for some really bad news, or he's calling me because he just heard it. All right, uh, nope. I'll hang up before that puts anybody puts yeah. Michael's number out there. Yeah, and I'll just tell him, "Say hey, recording." All right recording with Elliot right now and we thought we would call you in the middle of the show <laughs> call back before we finish if you can if not catch you up later and so and so any anyhow I think that'd be funny if he does yeah, call back and be good. like are you still recording right now <laughs> but you know but it is but it is you know important but 
Yeah, yeah, there he is. There he is. <laughs> there, he is there he is. Hey, hold on a second. Okay, Michael, we're we're in the middle of recording my podcast with Elliot Bush, <laughs> and, like. and I was talking about how much I respect your time and usually get on your calendar. But I was like, hey, in the middle of this show, why don't we just call him and see if he'll answer? <laughs> yeah, you got me at a good time. I'm just driving over the the Bay Bridge to downtown Miami for a meeting, so I got a little bit of time. Nice. Well, Ooh. good. We just wanted to see if you'd answer. We're going to get back to recording the show here. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks All for right. your time, man. Yeah, we'll talk to you later, brother. All right. All right, dude. So what, are, what do you do with your team to make – like what, when you're engaging with a new potential client, like what, what are some of the steps that you take to establish that trust? With a potential referral partner, is that what you're yeah, saying? Yeah, with somebody that somebody that comes in and says, Hey, we need to get some business your way. Yeah. Well, it's always us going to them. But <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, first off, our product speaks for its speaks for itself. We know we're the best at what we do. So obviously I want to communicate that. I wanna make it clear. But you know, the initial thing is is for, you're selling yourself out there. Again, I want to work with people who I like and trust. And I think anybody in the industry kind of wants to do the same, right? You don't want to send your client to somebody you don't necessarily enjoy speaking with or would do a podcast with, or, you know, you certainly not somebody that you don't trust. So that's number one, right? Is you want to find those like-minded people who care about their clients for the same reason that I do, but, and essentially just sell yourself to those folks. But more so than anything is, you know, I want to see what I can do to help them. I want to, I want to you know, make it very clear that my pitch to you is to be an asset to your business, is to be an extension of your process. So again, that, you know, once you send me the insurance, it's done, right? I want, I really want to be an asset because I promise you what I'm telling you that we're capable of, what I'm telling you that we can do is no bullshit. You know, it's legit. It's been proven time and time again. And, you know, it's how can I help grow your business? And if that's simply just being really, really good at, you know, response time and 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 pricing or whatever else great we can do that if it's sponsoring events for people because you want to build a bigger network of realtors or or whatever else and fine we'll do that you know and so it, it depends right it depends on what they truly care about it depends on kind of what their goals are and that's something that you know early on within the conversation I want to I want to get that across is whatever your goals are I can help you achieve them but you know I, I need to you got to give me a shot. You got you to let me prove that to you, you know, and I'm never going to sit here and beg for business, but I just want an opportunity to earn it, to, to truly show you what everything that I'm telling you right now, it's, you know, under promised and over delivered. And uh, so that's probably the biggest thing is, you know, again, figuring out their goals, figuring out how we can help and be an asset and, and then just following through when the, when the time comes, you know, it's proven that, Hey, what I told you was real, you know, I'm the best insurance agent you've met. And my team's the same way, right? We all operate on that same way. We've got the best technology in the industry. We're the fastest brokerage you've ever worked with. We're going to be likely going to win on price 90% of the time, you know. But if we don't, it's because, you know, we're, we're better on coverage at this aspect or that or whatever else. And so that's the initial pitch, right? It's just kind of figuring out what we can do to help. And it doesn't hurt that you're highly competitive. That doesn't hurt at all. Right. Yeah. So you know, as a matter of fact, I, 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 I lay down a challenge for you. So, as you know, the Colby brothers were my very first episode when yep. I first started the show. And to date, the most downloaded episode. Nice. 
So when your episode drops, all right, bring it on. You got to you got to you got to make sure that this thing gets downloaded and more views than theirs. Yeah. Just so that way you can show up, drop a mic, not even say a word, turn around and leave. And when they go, what's that for? You go, ask spam what the numbers are. <laughs> That's it. We'll do that. I'll do exactly they that. They got a healthy respect for that. Yeah, they totally. Oh, okay. yeah, they're they're going to be like, oh, yeah, well, we're going to tweet this out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So when did you meet Maddie and how did you meet Matt? I met her through work. 2016, yeah. walking into Goosehead. I was like, who the hell is that? So, You're uh, Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> and we, you know, we commingled often with just kind of service and sales group at the time back in the day. And, you know, we would just be up on their service floor, hanging out, bringing them cookies so they could send us leads, you know, if we didn't have anything else. So, you know, we knew each other, we knew of each other. We talked here and there, but met her through work, went out on a few dates back in, shoot, I guess it ended up being 2018 when we really started kind of getting serious. Yeah. Cause we're three years in now. Mm-hmm. And we, you know, dated for a little bit, took off, ended it for a little while, and then hopped back on the train. And yeah, been with her since. But she, yes, she, Maddie, uh, if you're listening to this, he just referred to you as a train. <laughs> so, so you really have, you have really hit the lottery here. You came onto a company when it was really developing and going through the stages of going public, working with some of the best people that I have the most utmost respect for on the planet. You've been able to, at, at a very young age, have an incredible amount of autonomy to be able to have a long runway of growth and ascension. You met a total smoke show who <laughs> yep. is just as nice and yep. as sweet as can be. Great person. I mean, man, you you, I mean, do you ever just sit back and go, and just kind of reflect, <laughs> do a little self-reflecting and go, you know, especially when you you're 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 talking to an old friend and you hear they're they're just unfortunately in maybe some bad places in yeah. life or whatever, and you go, man, I I I have it so incredibly good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think self reflection is huge. You know, on every kind of aspect of your life, especially if you're trying to change something about your your habits or getting a different routine or whatever else. But regarding this, yeah, all the time. And again, it, that kind of reinvigorates me kind of relights a fire of, okay, this is where we're going next, or this is what we're about to do. And uh, I think it's super, super important, and I do it very often. Kind of remind myself how I felt when I first started Goosehead, how I feel today, you know? Never forget kind of those initial initial first year and and what I've learned since. And I was was talking to Maddie last night, and I was like, should I prep for this thing? You know, tomorrow, <laughs> I was like, I was like, I think it's gonna be pretty, pretty easy to just have a conversation with Jeremy. But I was like, should I prep for this? Kind of thinking about it a little bit and thinking about just insurance in total and 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 my runway and kind of what I've done and and look forward to doing next. And you know, I thought about insurance for a second and I was like, man, I just know a hell of a lot about insurance. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, so it's kind of a strange thing, you know, to to just be so in depth on on one certain subject and and everything else but uh, yeah man i self-reflect often because i think it's really uh first off it's really important but more so than anything it just again reinvigorates me and 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 you know proves to me that i'm i'm right where i need to be you know and then again i did hit the lottery i think you're right on that and i thought about that really early on when i joined of you know that kind of a step early on when i was like okay i love this you know crushing it having a good time like you know enjoying what i'm doing working with some of my best friends, right? When all of that was kind of encompassing and I had graduated and I had friends who had graduated at the same time that still didn't have 
a job or they had hopped around jobs and let alone a long-term career, I mean, yeah, man, that was very clear that I'm in a really good place. So what do you do to go disconnect and reset? Like, what are some of the, I mean, is it traveling, hobbies, adventures? Like, what, yeah. what are some of the things that you do that when you're not just crushing it in business and and being a good mate for for Maddie, I mean, what what are some of the things that you go do to to enjoy the yeah. the spoils of life? Right? Yeah, absolutely. Or the fruits of life. Yeah. Sure. You know, one, I, I I think just on a daily basis, I work out every day. That's something I've been very consistent with since probably 2008 when I was in eighth grade. Kind of started getting after it, and that really helps me disconnect. You know, I, I oftentimes I'll work out right at lunch and kind of come back, reset, have the afternoon, but lately been doing it in the morning. But regardless, the reason I say that is because that's all I think about when I'm there. You know, it's all I think about. It's a blank slate. I'm not thinking about work. I'm not thinking about anything else. It's it's training. And uh, I think that's super important. You know, the endorphins that come along with it and getting the sweat out or whatever else. I love it. You know, and then for my first kind of two full years at Goosehead, I didn't really ever take a vacation. It was, it was head down you know, look up after a year or two and see what you did, you know? And so after that, after all of that, you know, and, and, and realizing and feeling like, man, I'm, I've just been busting ass for a while now. You know, I took a, a pretty long vacation with my family to Europe and completely disconnected, you know, pretty hard not to when you're cross country, oh, but, yeah. you know, completely disconnected, fully reset, felt really good about it, came back. And so since then, and prior to that, when I would take trips, maybe go to the lake for a weekend or leave on a Friday or something like that, you know, I'd take my laptop and I'd be working and, you know, nothing really ever felt like I was cutting clean and and resetting. And so since then I've, you know, if I'm leaving, if I'm traveling, my laptop's staying, my office is on and I'm just doing my thing. And luckily my team is able to, you know, kind of self-manage at this point and, and been able to, you know, develop themselves into where I don't have to be there, which is how it should be, certainly, you know. And so all of that encompasses, I mean, I, lo- I love to travel. Maddie and I do it as much as we can and just kind of get out and about. And uh, that's that's probably the best, the number one thing, rather, that we do just to kind of reset and, you know, enjoy the fruits, like you mentioned. So yeah, definitely that. There's not nothing else that I, I mean, obviously we play a bunch of golf, but it's nothing too different. That's still a lot of business at times. So have a tea time after this. So. All right. Hey, perfect. Perfect. Yeah, well, but. let's get you to that tea time. If you had to go back in time, which is actually only five years ago, now that I right. just really did the math on this, or, or seven years ago, and talk to 20-year-old Elliot. Right. And say, hey, man, either do or don't do this. If there was that just one nugget that 20 year old you would listen to seven years ago, uh, <laughs> what would you go back and, and and tell yourself, knowing what you know now this far in the journey? Yeah, I know you'd mentioned that you're going to ask me this question. I've been thinking about it since. And it's uh, regardless of how long ago it is, it's it's kind of difficult to answer. You know, I feel like I've. I've been a good person. You know, my, my life so far, I've been kind, I've been caring, I've, I've worked hard. You know, I've, I've, I've done good. And I think probably the, the only thing, the only reason I've ever caused myself stress is that I'm impatient. And so I tell myself to be patient. I would tell myself to trust it, to, to know that it's all going to work out. You know, focus on what's in front of you. Control what you can control and don't let the other, you know, all the other shit matter. But just be patient. You know, that's, again, I think that's the only reason why I've ever stress myself out is like wanting something quicker or trying to achieve something faster than is even possible or whatever it may be. Right. But yeah, that's my answer is just be patient. 
That's great. So people want to learn. I got people out there right now that are saying, hey, I need Elliot to be my insurance guy. How, yeah. do, how, do, how do they reach you? How do they get in touch with you? What are, I mean, we're, we're, yeah, 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 absolutely. So I'll probably, I mean, I'll have my contact info with you so that you can send it. But Elliot Bush, which is Elliot is one L one T. So E-L-I-O-T period Bush, B-U-S-H, like the president, at goosehead.com, G-O-O-S-E-H-E-A-D.com, 214-838-5477. If for anybody unaware, we are the largest independent brokerage in Texas. We shop the market with about 30 different carriers. I'm going to find the best price for the most amount of coverage. And you know what a lot of people don't understand, just to plug this in real quick, is that all of these carriers, they have certain niches that they, they want. They have you know a, a client that they want to have. And if you don't fit that niche, you're overpriced. You're overpaying or your coverage is lacking in order to get your price lower. So by shopping 30, you're going to find the option that is legitimately right for you. So yeah, there you go. Well, and just in case you were driving or busy or missing it, you can always go to our website, myexperiencedrealtor.com, experience with an ED, click on Elliot Bush's episode, read more. We will have the email, phone number, contacts, and everything else. That way you can get directly to them. And as always, click on the homepage button, go down to find a trusted professional if you're looking to buy and sell real estate anywhere on the planet so we can make sure we get you with someone that you can trust. Thanks for coming, Brian. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. it. A lot of fun. Uh, yeah, have you done one of these before? No, first time. Oh, yeah. Yeah.